0: Welcome to the Sports Spectrum Podcast, everyone. My name is Jason Romano, and this is a different type of podcast than we've done before. Usually we have guests on, and we talk about their background, what God has done in their life, some some cool things happening. And this is a little different. Uh, if you listen to the very first episode of this podcast released just about a year ago, we had a, a Marlins pitcher named Adam Conleon, and along with Adam was the Miami Marlins team chaplain Chris Lane and our guest today is Chris we bring him back and the reason we're having Chris on is because not only is he the chaplain for the Marlins but he's also the director of First Priority which is a pretty cool ministry uh, going on down in the Miami area which ministers to public uh, middle and high school students in southeast Florida and obviously with what's happened in the last couple days and what happened on Wednesday uh, Valentine's Day at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland Florida with the, the mass shooting and 17 dead and numerous more injured and uh, in talking to Chris and, and following him becoming a friend of his and seeing his posts on Facebook and and just kind of the work that he's doing down there the response that he's sort of been kind of tasked to do along with others in dealing with tragedy I thought it would be good to have Chris on and kind of describe some of the things that he's seen down there Chris uh, welcome to the podcast how are you
1: Good. Good.
0: It's good to talk to you, man. Uh, Unfortunately, under these kind of circumstances, I wish it wasn't uh, this conversation that we were having. But, you know, I wanted to just ask you really the scene down there. I know you were down there. uh, You were getting ready to um, kind of do some things that day with students as it was. And then this happens. Can you take us back to Wednesday and just where you were and what kind of day you were having uh, until obviously the shooting took place and, and you started receiving calls?
1: Yeah, um, you know, like like everybody knows, it was Valentine's Day, so it was just a pretty typical day for for most everybody. We were actually with our first priority staff. We have a, a, a series of networking coaching lunches each month uh, with youth pastors all across South Florida, uh, anywhere from about fifteen to seventeen different lunches a month with our staff engaging youth pastors that do um, ministry on public school campuses. Cause we have about 215, 220, uh, public schools where we do ministry on in, in the South Florida area. Mm. So, um, you know, we had a lunch that day in uh, Coral Springs, which is the town next to Parkland. And at that meeting, we probably had about, I don't know, 15 or 18 of our, you know, campus volunteer coaches, uh, youth pastors there, and uh, a normal time, I spoke at the lunch you know, like I would normally do, just sharing about you know doing our first priority clubs, which are Christian clubs on a public school campus, you know just doing them with excellence and the the our clubs are really um, evangelistic, so the whole goal is to really share the gospel, equip kids to share the gospel, and see these new new kids get connected to a church, mm-hmm. um, so I was really just sharing our normal vision, mm-hmm. everything was very normal um at that uh, lunch and and uh, you know a lot of excitement a lot of good fellowship and some prayer and everybody was leaving and um you know kind of talking about hey we're heading over to you know this school and and it happened to be that day that uh, you know uh the Douglas uh, Stoneman Douglas High School club uh first party club was meeting after school and they had a project they were going to uh, stop by um these volunteers were stopping by the uh dollar tree to pick up some things so the kids were doing this project to reach out on campus and everything was good. Um, me and a couple of our other team members headed back to uh, our our ministry headquarters. We were going back there to do some stuff and, and pray and everything else. And as we got back there, we the, the ironic thing is we got a call, a text message from one of our guys on the field that said, hey, pray for this school. There's a bomb threat. No, it wasn't Stoneman Douglas High School. It was another school. So yeah. we would, you know, th- that's not really... Um, I wouldn't, it's kind of uncommon to get that, but we do get, you know, obviously we get text messages throughout the day or different things from our team. Like, Hey, I'm here and this is happening pray for this, but you know, bomb threat. But most of the time when you get those kind of things, it's like, Hey, we're praying for sure. But then, you know, you click on the news and the computer and you find out, Oh, that's just a a false alarm. And it's just some kid messing around. So we prayed for the bomb threat. We kept doing our you know, kind of work there in the, in the, in the ministry center. And then uh my wife calls and she's like, Hey, did you, and you know, you see your wife call, usually answer. So Valentine's day, of I'm in the meeting. I say, Hey, that's my Valentine. I answer the phone from my wife <laughs> and she says, Hey, did you hear that? There's an active shooter at Douglas high school. And I said, no way. Really? So again, you know, we just got this thing about the bomb threat and that didn't turn out. So it's like, okay, this sounds bad, but it's probably just a, another rumor, you know? So we click on the news and and on the computer and it's, they're, they're, they're talking about stuff and they, they, they say, well, some people are saying it's probably balloons that are popping because there's a lot of balloons on campus from Valentine's day. And maybe that's just what it is. And some texts are coming in and everybody's like, well, I heard it wasn't true. I heard this is the thing. And, and, um, so everybody kind of dismissed it for two or three minutes. And then, you know, uh, somebody else popped in and said, Hey man, did you see this is really, uh, legit. And they started put it on. And then there comes all the cops and the SWAT and everything rolling in. Mm. And we knew we had people on the ground there. So we, uh, started to get a hold of them and they were like, yeah, we, we, uh, on our way here, there was some commotion, but we weren't, you know, it wasn't too big yet. So we got, got inside where they began to set up the perimeter, but then they were on, the school was on lockdown. So they were kind of stuck in the middle. There's, they couldn't get on campus, but they really couldn't get out of the perimeter area. And uh, they're in the middle of it and don't know what's going on. And so we're watching everything unfold and we're staying in touch with them. And, you know, they're praying now together and they're praying with families and talking to people because it's just, uh, you know, mass hysteria. And at the time, even then it was, you know, Oh, one person came out on a stretcher and, you know, they're not really certain what it is. And obviously now we know it was horrific, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, and it started to unfold and it was just, you know, those kind of things happen. And you're just like, I really can't believe this. I mean, it's been, you know, um, like, you know, 36 hours for me now. And it's still like, you're like, I don't know if this really happened. I mean, I know it didn't. I was there yesterday and in, 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 in a lot of different things revolving around it, but it's still, I think everybody's still a little bit
0: numb. Mm-hmm. What were you, when you, you arrived, obviously you went and you ministered at some mm-hmm. point to the people mm-hmm. there. You know the the school, obviously it's part of first priority in the ministry that you work with. What was the scene when you, when you got there, whether it was right after or whether it was, you know, yesterday, when I say yesterday, I mean, Thursday, the 15th, day after the shooting, tell me about that.
1: Well, I I think the best way I can explain it is that people were like zombies. I mean, there's, there's just, uh, hundreds, if it's a very big school, there's over, I think, 3000 kids that go there. It's one of the largest, you know, schools in our district. And, Um, a very good school, um, you know, very great sports there all, all, you know, um, I mean, Anthony Rizzo went there. Uh, he, he just actually spoke at the vigil. Uh, You know, um, he left uh, spring training and, and flew there and spoke at the vigil. I mean, he's been actively engaged in that campus. Um, You know, uh, it's an area where Eric Hosmer grew up. Juan Pierre lives in that neighborhood. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, baseball players, former and current uh, pro guys that live there. So it's a very engaged, a very nice, a very upscale community. And, and literally when you're, when, when, when you're there, when I was there, uh, engaging in that right after it's like people are just zombies they're just walking around like you know uh and and and, and at the the first uh contact there they hadn't even really released the names publicly yet so people kind of knew and there were still people that they they weren't sure like they haven't heard but obviously they their their friends were assuming that they were one of the victims you know what i mean like because they knew hey right now this is the The death toll, but they haven't released names necessarily. So maybe they would leak out or a family would share, but it hadn't been official. So it was just kind of surreal to see kids just walking around this huge park, this huge field, kind of looking for other friends. And then when they would see them, it would be like, oh my goodness, you're okay. And it's fun. It's fun. It's interesting because we were talking about this, you know, everybody, you know, people would know that their friends were okay via Social media or or texting, but it shows that there's not a real human side to that. When they actually saw them, is when they broke down and they would cry and they would hug. So it, the, the, that was just a real you know interesting scene to see so many people just kind of wandering and looking and and I guess as as a believer, you look at that and you go, "There's so many hopeless people that that are just looking for some answer, looking for a friend, or looking for somebody to hug." and and when they finally found that you know it was just overwhelming to them you know
0: yeah yeah now obviously if you heard chris on our first podcast you know the reason we had him on was to talk about the jose fernandez tragedy back in 2016 the marlins pitcher who was tragically killed at a very young age and just dealing with grief dealing with death mourning you know your role as a as a team chaplain with the marlins then Probably I'm guessing was similar to your role now as this executive director of first priority, which is ministering to high school students. Can you just talk about your role in this and trying to be a comforter, trying to just be there and and praying and hugging and loving people and just kind of what that's like when you're going through such tragedy? You know, I'm trying to ask the right question. I honestly don't know how to ask it, but just talk about your role, I guess, in this.
1: Yeah, and and um you know that is so fluid. It just everything happens so fast. And I mean, one of the great things about, you know, technology today is that people know so fast what's happened. So mm-hmm. the 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 calls, the texts, the emails, the 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 contacts on Twitter and social media to me and our staff has been incredible. I mean at times overwhelming. You're just like, man, people are calling like what can I do? What what could I, you know, be involved in? What can I and so the great thing is we have an incredible network already of churches in that community. And then we have another organization that's with our senior pastors called Church United. So we just said, let's get everybody together. We'll be, you know, we'll be the the, the point people on the ground. These other the, the pastors can be the point people with raising funds and making bigger things happen in the community and we'll do the stuff with the students on campus and so we've we've networked all of our people together we've already prayed we've already had some of the kids there that are christians that are a part of the first party club to to pray over them and we're setting up a, a time next week we've already got a person coming in that was a survivor from columbine mm. uh to, that does this you know professional uh speaker and talking and sharing their experiences and how to we want to we want to th- fill these kids up and encourage them and pray over them and give them the hope of the gospel and Christ in their life so that they, when they step on campus, whenever that school opens back up, they're going to face things. Their friends are going to maybe look to them for answers or maybe ask them, how could your God let this happen? How could this be? Why, why is this? So there's great opportunity for ministry in this. And we've already seen some great things happen. Um, you know, uh, the churches came together yesterday at noon and we had a prayer vigil and me along with several other key pastors and ministry leaders were were there uh, up front praying, and we released these balloons and a great display of unity in the church, but prayer for the community. So we really see our role right now is just really facilitating all of the on ground, um, you know, touch points. We have uh, the Billy Graham uh, Association has brought in two. Uh, those uh chaplains trailers so we're we're uh as we speak right now uh- n- navigating and negotiating where those are going to be set up in the community, getting the churches out there to be outside of those so we're we're really the the on the ground boots people that are organizing all of the ministry to minister to you know over three thousand students yeah. and uh you know and it's going to be it's going to be you know what Satan meant for harm god's going to turn into good we we always know that's the case. And and that's the power of the gospel.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you. And just we'll just do a couple more questions here. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got more important work to do than just talk to me on a podcast. But when tragedy hits and so many are going through, I've never dealt with any kind of tragedy like this, not at all. But I always hear people talk about purpose in the pain and trying to know that these tears are not in vain, that they're going to be used for some kind of good out there. And it's hard to find good when you see such a tragedy happen. And so many of these tragedies have happened just in the past six months to a year. Can you tell us a story or just maybe share in a general term, the good that you've seen come out of something like this, even a couple days after the tragedy happened, just kind of how God has somehow worked or orchestrated something positive to happen through this horrific thing?
1: Yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of different threads. Um, one of them for me personally, uh, yesterday, um, like I said, we had a community wide, um, you know, prayer vigil, and there was a lot that had gotten, there were several that happened. You know, one church just had a special service last night and, in the community, you know, the city did one that was obviously not a, not a Christian thing, but that's the one that, uh, Anthony Rizzo spoke at, but the one that the churches came together and did was just a real prayer, specific prayer and worship and a real sacred time. Uh, at the end of that, um, you know, it was emotional and, uh, I was just, you know, coming off and the governor was there and everything else coming off the stage. And I saw a guy that, uh, I know this guy, my son, uh, one of my sons played travel baseball over the years with his son and he was a freshman and this shooting happened in the freshman building. Mm. So we, we, my son, uh, my son, that's a freshman has several friends. I think four of them that, that he played with on this travel team that I actually helped coach several years ago that went to Douglas. So we had been from the minute it happened, kind of searching the names and looking on Facebook to see if they were okay and kind of hearing from their parents, but obviously trying to, you know, we know everybody's getting inundated. Um, and this guy, I saw him in the crowd and he was coming straight for me with his son and his wife and his daughter. And, uh, you know, don't he? they don't know the Lord yet, but we're praying and we have been sharing with him. And he just came up and gave me the biggest hug. And he said, you know, I saw the governor and I saw the mayor. I just wanted to come and see you. I didn't care about anybody, but I know that, you know, we're here for a reason. And this guy gives me a big hug and he's not an emotional guy. And it's, it's, it's just like, he knows, man, there's something more. There is, there's a peace that comes from Christ. We could stand there and pray and know that, man, this is a tough time, but we know what Jesus said. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms that were not so would I have not told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, Mm -hmm. that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And Jesus is talking about heaven in John chapter 14 there. I'm going to make a place for you. And that's our hope. Uh, You know, the, the hope Hope has a name and it's Jesus. And and today that the community is hurting and, you know, we want to be sensitive to the grieving of people and, and, and let them have space and time and be there for them. But there's also at the end of the day, the answer is Jesus. And that's what we have to, you know, really take uh, take that message to people now, because that's that's the only hope that they have.
0: And that's a great piece of encouragement, and it kind of leads me to my last question because there's so many people that are around the country and around the world. I mean, if you just go on social media, you see a, a angry uh, group of people out there who just, and, and in a lot of ways, it's obviously it's justified and you can't kind of choose one anger being right or wrong versus the other, but there's a lot of division right now, a lot of anger on one side that's got gun control you know, uh, comments, and there's other sides that are talking about Um, you know, why this is happening and what we need to do. And I'm I'm looking at it from a sense of just like the killings need to stop. We just need to protect our kids. And there's a lot of, like you said, hopeless people, real emotion, real anger Uh, as believers. And a lot of people who listen to this are not believers, Chris. So just leave us with some encouragement for those listening here, not just on what you just mentioned about the hope in Christ, but just some encouragement for our listeners who are struggling right now, who are so angry, who have such strong opinions on, on many sides to just seeing these tragedies happen. Leave us with some encouragement.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the, one of the things that, you know, I can say is that, um, on our first priority club was about to meet that day. And, and two weeks before, uh, one of our staffers was there. My sister actually helps volunteer at that school too. Mm. And, um, they had a video of the kids in the room that day and just them eating pizza and sharing the gospel and having their meeting. And we found out uh, yesterday, you know, the day after the shooting, that one of the girls in that room was one of the victims, Helena Ramsey. And um, on the Today Show, uh, the day after, they interviewed one of her friends, Samantha, and Samantha talked about her friend. And uh, the great thing is, is that in this tragedy, we know – that for certain that helena ramsey uh knows the lord and has a personal relationship with with him and that wasn't just the end of her life at at, you know as a high school student as a junior that wasn't the end of it it was the end of her physical time here on earth but there is eternal life and we know today um with 100 percent confidence that she is with you know jesus she is in heaven. She's in a better place. There is no more suffering. There's no more pain. There is there is comfort in the arms of Christ. So what, what seems to be a tragedy is awful that happened here on earth. There is more than this. And I think for all of us, we have to just think, you know, as we look around here on planet earth, like, is this it? Uh, because it seems like we're always searching. We're always striving to have more. We're always trying for satisfaction. And the things of this world, they don't last. And, and we all know that. We try and it's like, hey, let me just get a better job or a bigger house or a nicer car or go here on vacation. But all that stuff and the Bible teaches this will not last. The thing that matters most is that personal relationship we have with Jesus that gives us hope and gives us a future and secures heaven for us one day. And that is in the midst of all this tragedy. We know today that Helena Ramsey is with Jesus and she came to school that day, never thinking this would happen. Like, you know, most of us don't know when we're going to die, right. but, the, the, but the statistics tell us that we all will. So we have to be ready for that. And the, the, the greatest thing we can do is to turn our life over to Jesus and put our trust in him.
0: He is Chris Lane. Tough, t- tough situation going down, down, down there, Chris. And I appreciate you. Coming on, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, obviously, the love that you're sharing with so many, and being the executive director of First Priority, it's it's interesting how unique this situation is. When you're building a ministry and and founding this ministry to minister to half a million students, you know, and so much potentially in in public schools in the Southeast Florida area, and sharing the love of Christ, and then suddenly if this happens, and and suddenly First Priority is literally put into action, and. Listen, I appreciate you. Hopefully, we'll have you back on again and talk some more, you know, football, uh, some more baseball and some more Miami Marlins talk and what God is doing with them this year. But I uh, really appreciate you. Appreciate your heart, and uh, we're praying for you and so many others down there that are in the midst of all this. And uh, man, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks Amen, for Jason.
1: On. Amen. Thank you very much for all that you do, man. We we love listening to the podcast and congrats on the book.
0: Thanks so much, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.
1: You got it.